Welcome to the Perimenopausal Mamas Podcast for hormonal mamas who want to reclaim their own natural state of health to thrive and raise healthy kids. I'm Dr. Lisa Weeks, naturopathic doctor in Toronto, Canada. I'm a perimenopausal mama to my toddler named Stuart. And I'm Dr. Tony Reed. I'm a naturopathic doctor, birth doula, and hypnobirthing educator in Calgary, Alberta. And I'm a perimenopausal mama to my little girl, Frankie. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not meant to substitute professional medical advice. Always consult with your licensed healthcare provider. Welcome back, everyone, to the Perimenopausal Mamas podcast. It's Dr. Tony and I'm Dr. Lisa together again, and we're going to be talking about detox. I know a lot of times around the spring, people think about an actual detox using different herbs or teas or foods, Um, but we're going to be talking about a different type of detox, a digital detox. Not a lot of people have done these. Maybe they've had forced digital detoxes if you've gone places where the Wi-Fi reception is spotty or you forgot your phone or misplaced it. But there definitely are benefits to looking at our digital consumption. It can be used in our favor, but sometimes it starts to overtake our day and our life and our time. Um, I was just kind of going through my phone to see all the different ways that I use it. And it's shocking, right? So there can be health trackers on your phone. I have the aura ring, so it tracks heart rate and other parameters. I do some meditation using my phone. Um, But we now can do banking, we scroll TV shows from our phone, we um, have so many things that we use it for, let alone, you know, the apps, the texting, the checking your email, paying for things with your phone. So you don't even have to bring your credit card when you go out shopping. And now we are attached to our phone. So meaning we're working a lot of the times, not quite 24 seven, but pretty close to it, because you can have, you know, your email, your calendar, Microsoft Teams, Zoom on your phone, etc. So it's pretty shocking. Um, I feel like I do a decent job of setting up some boundaries. I really try to limit detox. I try to limit um, using my phone and screens after dinner and on the weekends. But of course, I still use it for some workouts, for meditation, checking the weather. But I try to set kind of a mental limit of just a few minutes to do those things. And I find it makes a world of difference because I know when we go down the rabbit hole of scrolling, I come out of it even after 10 minutes feeling like a little bit you know, lightheaded, a little bit anxious. I know I haven't been breathing properly. I know my body's been in a really bad position. Um, So we want to be aware, we want to use it for our benefits and not let it take over our lives. So Tony, how are you with your use of digital stuff and screens? You know, I really think it's a little bit of a a love-hate relationship, Lisa. (laughs) Like, uh, and definitely I've always put, again, certain boundaries where I'm definitely mindful of how I'm using my phone. And I find myself like sliding and not being mindful and intentional um, a lot of the time. I mean, you know, there's there's, uh, there's definitely so many different uses and... And I really have noticed lately that I 
uh, can really get into that place of being distracted, especially at home, um, uh, where I'm really not present uh, and engaged with with Frankie, and and it can really be just such a terrible habit. And I, like again, it's not like I'm doing anything that's uh, you know super mindless. Where I, it's not like I'm spending hours scrolling on Instagram or Facebook. I, I do catch myself, you know, doing that maybe twenty or thirty minutes. So again, that's where again, you know, I can really like limit that. Um, but even, you know, to be listening to a podcast with my headphones in while I'm like making supper, but, you know, uh, you know, Frankie will come in to, you know, ask me a question and I, I have to kind of interrupt what I'm doing so that I can kind of pay attention to to her, where it's like, okay, do I really need to be doing that? Um and all you know, I don't think I'm alone in this as well, no, no, right? <laughs> you know, uh, where more and more we're spending so much time on our phones and on our screens, and uh, you know, the the average uh, American, I would even guess North American, spends like you know uh, seven and a half hours on a di- digital device every day. Um, even four hours watching TV every day, I would have never have guessed that I was spending hours and hours on my phone if I didn't have it set up where it would tell me how much time I'm spending on my phone on a weekly basis. Because sometimes I look at that number, I'm like, oh my God, how is that possible? But where do you find that number? Because I don't look at that. Oh, I don't even know how I have it set up on my <laughs> I was I'm sure I'm not alone, but I'm sure some people know about that. Oh. So again, absolute look to see um there should be a weekly report that well, at, you know, I have an iPhone. So I have a weekly report that comes up. Um so that could be something that you could look at doing is to actually have that weekly come up weekly report come up as a notification. It usually comes up on my phone on a Sunday. Okay. Did you sign up for that? Like you opted in or it was just kind of I, there when you downloaded the most recent? That's, a, that's how you say it. <laughs> that's a really amazing question, Lisa. And I don't have the answer for you. I'm sure it's a quick Google search. That's the amazing thing about technology, right? <laughs> so do a Google search and see, because I mean, and it's interesting because I know, I know that I have that notification and I must have had to agree to that notification because I thought it was a good idea. Because there are a lot of things that I have said no to notifications. Um, I don't have notifications. Like I do have apps for, you know, email and Facebook and Instagram um, and, you know, a few other things on my phone. I do not have them notify me on my phone because I really want to minimize that distraction and that kind of that dopamine hit that we can get like these companies, especially social media, they know how our brain works and they are doing as much as they can to keep our attention on 
it instead of the rest of our lives. So they know how to really, again, keep us hooked, keep their, keep, um, you know, our attention on that app. So, and again, notifications is one of those things where, again, it can be quite addictive. We get a dopamine hit even every time we see that notification come up. And it also like triggers our nervous system. It's like, whoa, what, what's, what's, what's that that I have to respond and react to? So I keep those notifications off. Like I don't have any notifications of WhatsApp or anything. Um, so that's where, you know, there's, I have really specific ways that people can get in touch with me, you know, text, phone call. Um, those are the, those are like the real key things, ways that people can get me right away. Otherwise it's like, no way. I, I really want to keep that boundary. Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, I hate notifications. I even turn my phone off when we're having dinner or if I'm out, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe there's going to be someone who really needs me or there's an emergency. But I check my phone every so often, but I do keep the ringer off. I don't have yet alerts either. You know, I have to open up the app to see if anyone's messaged me or emailed me. But that just keeps me sane because I, I hate being pulled from the moment. And I find, you know, it's hard to be mindful when we have screens, when we have our phone with us all the time. And then just speaking mm -hmm. of that dopamine hit, it's actually kind of scary how early that can become, you know, a craving to see, you know, if people have liked your post or how many people have viewed it because Stuart does use YouTube to watch some shows. And I posted his him in my stories on Instagram. And he always wants to he asked me how many people have seen it? How many people have liked it? And he always wants me to check. He doesn't understand the stories don't stay for longer than 24 hours. But he's already asking about that. And I guess he gets that hit too. And he's like, oh, people are watching me. So I have to really think about how I'm going to represent him on social media. He is six and he doesn't have a phone or um, like a tablet or anything yet. He does have a computer. And he plays computer games and he likes to use YouTube on our phone to stream to the TV. Um, but we're trying to keep it at that. But I, I just only can imagine what it's going to be like when he's an adult and I guess they're going to be living in the metaverse. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so, right? It is kind of one of, and and I think that's a really important question to ask of, you know, how is it that we want to use technology? And, and, and I mean, and this is the whole piece of even why even to consider doing something like a digital detox is to really be mindful of how we want to use technology. Again, not like technology is inherently a bad thing. <laughs> you know, it's, it's amazing that we have, we're carrying around these computers with us that we can access all of this information. I mean, if you think back to, the original computers used to be like the size of the room that I'm in right now. And we have this like computer that has more power in it than that, that old school computer. It fits in my pocket. It's really remarkable. And yeah, I think this is uh, like fantastic for our kids too, in certain ways. Um, and, and this is where I think again, boundaries and being really mindful is incredibly key, especially when it comes to our kids um, developing brains, uh, and but then also our brains as well, even though our brains are not quite developing as much as our kids are. 
Yeah. So before we go through how to do a digital detox, there's so many different ways and different Mm -hmm. kind of levels, if you will, depending on how much you're willing to commit to. But let's talk a little bit just about some more of the negative effects. So we know, well, we're learning more about electromagnetic radiation. So we're learning about the effects of that on the brain. Does it increase the risk of cancer? Does it obviously impacts our brain health, maybe structurally as well? Um, But then we also think of short attention spans, right? Kids really don't have the same attention span we did. They don't read a book. They listen to one song from their favorite artist. They don't have to listen to the whole album. They read short snippets. They get the headlines. So we know, you know, the attention span is impacted by being online. You touched on the addictive behaviors too. And then thinking about the distraction piece, like you mentioned, not engaging with the people that are around you. It's kind of like you're in your own world, even though the people might be with you at, you know, your friends might be with you at the table or in the kitchen, but you're not talking. And I've done this where I'm listening to a podcast and I'm making lunch and Pete comes into the kitchen. Um, If I Mm -hmm. didn't have that on, we'd have more opportunity to engage. Um, And we know car accidents are increased. People are still using their phones in the car, you know, even for things outside of Google Maps. Um, While you're walking, I'm sure we see people walking and texting. And I check my phone sometimes while I'm walking, but I do consciously try to stop and make sure I'm not crossing the road while I'm doing it, but that is a hazard. We know like so many people like to scroll on their phones when they're in bed and, Mm -hmm. you know, potentially the blue light exposure, your brain is taking in so much information, it's going to be wired to not sleep, you're going to feel wide awake. And then physiotherapists out there, I think are seeing a whole host of manifestations from texting, from leaning over being on the computer too long. Um, There's a good saying that a physiotherapist, James Braithway, who's here in Toronto, he's a He said to me once, and it stuck with me, he said, text at the face, not the waist. So every time I have my phone in front of me, I'm making sure I'm not holding it down at waist level, I'm holding it up at face level. um, Because we know there is text neck, there's, you know, trigger or texting thumb or trigger thumb, they call it. I heard something about getting an accessory bone in the spine because people are so hunched over. I don't know if that's true, but I can only imagine the evolutionary changes that are going to happen to our body because we're on technology so much. Um, so those are just like a drop in the bucket of the of the negative effects. You know, even anxiety and depression can be increased. There's cyberbullying. You can be holding your breath, not breathing properly. So you're going to feel more anxious and have less focus. Um, so there's some good things, but we know there are these negative effects. So we really want to set up those boundaries and the intention around why we're using it, not just kind of going with the flow and just not stepping back and analyzing. Yeah. And, you know, it, it was you, Lisa, that first told me about email apnea, because I had no idea what you were talking about when you, I think, had written it in a note. I was like, what are you talking about, this email apnea? And again, I know that I am—I have the tendency to hold my breath when I'm really not being mindful, which, you know, again, is not a great thing. And the fact is that, again, it is a thing that that when we're on these devices, when we're on our emails, when we're on our phone or reading our email, checking our email on our phone, we aren't necessarily breathing mindfully. And oftentimes people can be holding their breath. It has a huge impact on our health. 
Oh yes, not God. only the leaning over, you can't expand your lungs the way that our eyes are strained, but also we're just not aware of our body and our breathing. And so they've done interventions where people have done different types of diaphragmatic breathing and they see changes like lowered heart rate, lowered stress hormones measured in saliva, um, increased attention. If they're doing this breathing, even if they're using technology, they're setting aside some time every day, even just 10 rounds of slow diaphragmatic breathing can really reset your nervous system. And if you have a longer exhalation, then you're going to get more relaxing benefits. So longer exhalation, and then the inhalation. So you might inhale for two to four seconds. You might hold it for a few seconds and then exhale for a little bit longer, six, seven, eight seconds. Um, but if you're on your screens, really having, you might have an app. Here's funny, the funny thing, the ironic thing, using technology to help you though, right? There's different breathing apps like the iBreathe app where it'll pop up a reminder to check in with your body position and breath. So just retraining or linking it to every time you check email or you come back to your desk after going to the washroom or right before a meeting, maybe you take five slow diaphragmatic breaths. Um, and then the more you practice it, the more automatic that'll become. Um, and then it's, yeah, it's insane how much productivity is lost from multitasking. Um, I think, where was the statistic? I think it was two, like two hours a day might be lost in productivity from being on screens. Um, so it's called compulsive fractured attention. So when you're on your screens, phones or computers, you're more likely jumping from platform to platform. And this statistic shocked me, but the average millennial switches platforms 27 times an hour. So they might be going back and forth between the same platforms, but they're jumping, jumping, jumping every few minutes. And it can cost, yeah, that 2.1 hours per person per day in lost productivity. And I know we've talked about this before, how I sometimes try to multitask. If I'm in a meeting, I'm trying to do some work at the same time if I don't have to speak. And then I end up making mistakes and I have to go back and fix it. And it takes longer to fix the mistake than if I just focused on the meeting and then did the work after. So um, we really want to make sure we're being mindful when we're using technology because that's going to maximize our efficiency, productivity and reduce um, errors. Yeah, because again, this whole idea of multitasking is really a myth. Our, our brain can only do one thing at a time. We we can only uh, focus our attention on one thing at a time. And when you're going back and forth to different things, um, it can take some time to shift your focus. So yeah, you're actually losing time. And and again, like you said, Lisa, that, that quality and that productivity doesn't necessarily increase when you're always switching your focus that way. And I mean... And I love what you mentioned about the breathing and the and the research that's been been done on breathing. Because again, when we think about being in perimenopause, and we have these hormone fluctuations, and we have these symptoms that where our sleep could already be interrupted, um, we're we're having these hormone fluctuations. Well, being on your screen and being on your phone for long periods of time is not going to help that, you know, uh, having your nervous system in that stress mode, in that sympathetic mode, in that fight or flight, um, and, and having your cortisol and, and your adrenaline pumping, that does not support, you know, a good balance of your estrogen and progesterone that can exacerbate symptoms that are related to those hormones 
hormone fluctuations. And then of course, if you're not getting a good restorative rejuvenating sleep at night, because that light and even um, again, that stimulation and that emotional stimulation isn't creating that rest and relaxation, then that's going to create so much more stress physically, mentally, and emotionally in our bodies. It just doesn't serve us well. Um, mm-hmm. especially when we're in when you're in such a, a time of of transition and flux and uh, and change, like in perimenopause. Definitely. Very good point there. And then when we are on screens too, or on our phone, sometimes we're eating, drinking alcohol, drinking coffee, and we might consume more than if we were just enjoying it mindfully. So that's something to think about too, because we could link it to, I'm going to have my glass of wine and scroll Instagram, or I'm going to open that bag of chips and I'm going to watch, you know, Netflix. So we just want to see what we're pairing those behaviors with um, as well. But, you know, there are of good to technology, right? So mm-hmm. I really love, you know, the Insight Timer meditation app, the Aura Ring tracking app. I know people love like the Apple Health Tracker. I don't know exactly what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, there can be so many useful and ways to like and healthier apps, even the breathing apps, as I mentioned. Um, but we just want to have a balance. So I think a good place to start is to actually, if we can find, you know, how you can track your phone usage, it'd be interesting to to see where you're spending your time and how do you feel after it, right? So maybe for a couple of days, just keep a little piece of paper on your desk. And every time you're opening up an app, you might put a check mark beside the name of the app, maybe put how much time you were on it. And then you could even do some sort of emoji face of how did you feel after, right? And then you can do an inventory and see, oh, I'm spending so much time here. And oh, look, I was, you know, sad after or frustrated after. And then you can start to prioritize where you want to spend your time and where you want to put your focus, right? So we know you're going to be getting less done if you're using the apps that aren't serving you and benefiting you. Um, So starting with like we do, you know, a food journal in in naturopathic medicine, do a bit of a digital tracking journal. to to see your emotions and where you're spending your time to start and then see what are your intentions of doing a digital detox. Absolutely. And I, there's a, a great book called Digital Minimalism by by Cal Newport. And, and he has a podcast called Deep Questions, where he's really um, uh, been kind of one of the people at kind of the forefront of really starting to question, you know, what um, what kind of communication tools and digital communication tools and, and, um, and kind of uh, things that really add value to our lives. So this is where to do a bit of that inventory I think is really important in terms of questioning, you know, what adds value to your life. It's not like, oh, everything is bad (laughs) and just, you know, throw away your phone kind of thing. But it is about really being intentional and clearing away any digital noise or distraction that is low value um, and really optimizing your use of tools that really matter so it can improve your life. So really looking at, again, kind of doing that inventory and then looking at, are there things that you can actually delete 
off your phone <laughs> taking the time to do that <laughs> I and need I, to do that yeah <laughs> too many screens I need to that do I that. don't use yeah and, and photos and you know so many things literally just today I got the notification that my phone was full and so I was like okay better go into my settings and like take something out um where absolutely you know um actually setting some time aside to like delete backup old photos off of my phone delete applications on my phone that I'm obviously not using at all um those are and and of course if there's any notifications or anything else to to turn off that is definitely a great place to start as well I love that. Yeah, we can lay out. I think uh, this is from Cal Newport's book, right? There's like seven mm-hmm. days to kind of prep for mm-hmm. the digital detox. And you went through, you know, day one is delete and back up the old photos on your phone. Day two is delete any applications on your phone that you don't want there anymore. Day three is to clean up your Google Drive. Day four is to clean up your email. So unsubscribe. I need to do that more. I usually opt in for the free freebie and then I keep getting emails like years later that I never open. Yes, um, guilty day, right here too. Yeah, me too. I totally am <laughs> a sucker for those. Um, day five, delete and organize downloaded files. Day six, turn off notifications. And then day seven, have an intention and start that digital detox. And it might be maybe you're not using your phone, you know, for one hour in the morning and one hour in the afternoon. Maybe that's a stretch for you. Others might be like, I'm turning it off from 6pm till 9am, or I'm going to take a weekend day or the, you know, the full weekend, and you'll, you can decide what apps you're going to use and not use. Are you going to check email? Um, How is that going to look for you? And it might get progressively more intense. You might start small and be like, okay, first, I'm just going to turn off the notifications and I'm going to check Instagram before lunch and before dinner. And then maybe, you know, a few weeks later, okay, I'm going to turn off my email notifications. And then a few weeks later, I'm turning my phone off at 9pm totally. So, you know, there's different ways to incorporate that digital detox. Yeah, it really doesn't have to be an all or nothing approach, especially because I think for me, when I first thought about the idea of doing a digital detox, it can be a little bit overwhelming. Um, Like, how how am I going to do this? And really, do I really want to do this? And again, to make it really personalized for you, like, like you said, Lisa, like setting up some boundaries, setting up some personalized conditions for some of those apps that you don't necessarily want to completely get off of. Like, I don't want to completely get off of Facebook or Instagram, because I do see the benefit in it, having me connect with people. And again, what's the time frame? What's the what's the limit? What's what's the condition that I can put on that so that I don't get sucked in? Like, um, it's designed to suck me in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've talked about pairing for habits, right? So maybe, mm-hmm. you know, you watch Netflix while you're working out at home or while you're stretching after your workout. Maybe you go on Instagram for 10 minutes after you've called to and chatted with a friend, right? You give yourself 10 minutes so you can kind of pair it to something that's going to add value to your life in a different way. So that can be um, really beneficial. And then I think just letting people around you know, whether it's telling them that you're 
not checking in um, email during these hours. Maybe you have an automatic email responder during certain times or the weekend, or even in your email signature or, you know, a message that you can schedule in Facebook and just say, look, I'm, you know, not available from these hours. If it's urgent, call this person. Just so, you know, sometimes we worry that people are going to think we're ignoring them and people expect to have a response like right away. Um, But we can set up those boundaries using technology in our favor as well. I think that's really key. And and communicating those expectations, I think are are important as well. And I, I love some of those ideas too, that you have. Another big piece that I find, especially, um, well, when we're out, but even when we're at home too, it's like, you know, put, actually put your phone away. Like, do we, are you carrying your phone on your person 24 <laughs> seven? Like, is your phone in your pocket or, um, well, and, and I, I, I mean, there's some, I, I think, oh, it, well, it's, it's a little bit more challenging for us women. Cause it's not like we have pockets in a lot of our clothing, and do you keep your phone close to you at all times? I mean, that's one of the key pieces I, I find when it comes to minimize distracted driving is like, keep your phone in your purse or like on the back seat, like not reachable. Again, that's the same thing that you can have at home or, or, or when you're at a, a gathering or, or someone else's house. It's like, don't have your phone right there beside you. Um, actually have it so that's not, uh, you know, arms reach away so that you're not tempted to grab it, you know, out of habit, out of instinct, out of kind of an automatic um, behavior. Yeah, I've heard of people where, you know, if they're at the dinner table or they went out for dinner with their friends, everybody puts their phone face down in the middle of the table and they don't check it. You know, maybe there's some rules that you can establish, something like that. And then there, ironically, there are apps to do a digital detox. That's like the most (laughs) ironic thing. Um, But different ones. We'll put a couple of the names and we won't go into the full details. I haven't used any of these. But for example, there's one called App Detox where you can set specific rules, which apps you want to limit, what time of day you want to access the apps and how many times you can open them. Um, Some of them turn it into kind of a game and then they kind of gamify if you're following the rules that you made, that you're being accountable. Um, You might actually put some money on the line with it's called um, digital detox, I guess is the app called is what the app is called. So that's where you pay a bit of money and then you're charged 99 cents if you leave the challenge early. Um, So that's pretty interesting. And then the off screen um, visualizes your screen time consumption. So that's probably a good one to start with kind of like what you can check on your phone. So you get statistics, um, how often you pick up your phone, the average usage minutes, um, even the amount of time using your phone while walking. It's crazy what we can track, right? So we'll put a couple of these um, names of the apps on our in our show notes. And you can see these might help you maybe you need that to just be more accountable to and some of them are free, some of them are paid. But if you think about it, you're going to get way more time in being productive and more efficient. So even spending a bit of time doing the prep for the digital detox and putting the effort into doing it, you're going to get returns like several fold in terms of time, and probably, you know, even how much money you're making if you're an entrepreneur, your your you know time, your income is based on 
what time you put into your business. So it takes a little work, it's probably going to be annoying in the beginning, but then it'll just become second nature. And I think we'll feel like we've freed up a whole bunch of time and even space in our brain. Like I lately have just been going for walks and not listening to anything. This, the last walk I went to, went for today, I was just going from, you know, street to street, seeing where I could find lilac trees and just smelling them as I walked by, like just really being in the moment. I go through phases where I feel like I need to be productive, even when I'm walking, whether I'm listening to continuing education or a podcast, I'm learning something or listening to an audiobook. But then I realize I'm really not in the moment and I'm not allowing my brain to just unwind and just use my senses. So lately, I think I was feeling, you know, overstimulated. So I'm really just trying to do things in the moment, even when I'm getting ready in the morning um, or cooking. I know sometimes I'm going to be listening to things, but I'm really trying to do that less and less. I love that, Lisa, because really, I find that, yeah, when I'm listening to a podcast or anything on my phone, when I'm walking outside, I'm not getting that, I'm not connecting with what's really there. I'm not present. I'm not paying attention to what's there with my five senses. We've talked about kind of um, a practice of checking in with your five senses before, you know, what are you smelling? What are you seeing? Um, What are you hearing? Um, you know, what are you feeling? Feeling, you know, the 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 pavement on your feet, um, your clothes on your skin. We, we, you know, we're just so distracted that you were not in the moment and present that way. So um, I love that idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of opportunities can just present themselves in those moments of just being mindful, being with the people you are with literally right so um it can it can translate into so many other benefits so do you think we laid out a good strategy to start planning for and implementing a tech a digital detox tony i think so and especially again if if you're if you're up for a digital detox go for it or if you're just wanting to to go and doing a little um inventory or or getting a little bit more of digital minimum um, minimalization in in your in your life then that's uh, a possibility too so i think we got a, gave a lot of great uh tips and ideas I think we did. Yeah, you can start small. Every little bit makes a difference. So mm-hmm. um, we're going to, I'm going to think about what I'm going to start to incorporate too. I love all of these strategies. I just need to sit down and kind of plan what's next. I feel like I'm I'm doing fairly well, but I can get sucked in sometimes. So um, I'm going to use some of these techniques. And then I think we can move to the next part of the episode, Tony. So should we yeah. share... Yes. Yeah. I'll share my uh, super mom moment. Um, Oh no, that you were going to share your super mom moment. You go ahead, Tony. I'll share my super mom moment. And I mean, it really does. uh, There's a piece of it where um, it kind of connected to being a a digital detox, Um, you know, on, on mother's day, I was able to, again, just really kind of set my, my phone aside for a, a few minutes, a few hours. And I was also really, just in a place where I was like asking for what I wanted, you know, I, I've definitely um, had planned exactly what I wanted to do to celebrate Mother's Day in terms of, you know, I wanted some time with my family. Absolutely. And I wanted to do specific things. I, you know, we went, I wanted to go out for crepes. We went out for crepes. 
Um, we went out to our um, Center for Spiritual Living and did that as a family. We went for lunch. We went, um, you know, to the playgrounds together. Like that was some really great time um, with the family, you know, inside and outside. And also I've planned some time away from my family. So I feel really good about that. Um, and yeah, yeah. So that was a, a little bit of, you know, a combo of just doing a, a really small, doable digital detox, but also really um, checking in and making sure that I was getting what I, I wanted and asking for what I wanted on Mother's Day. I love that. Yeah, it's so important. So I'm glad you had a, a fabulous Mother's Day and you you made it what you wanted it to be. So yeah, it's definitely a super mom moment. Thanks, Lisa. And now, Lisa, I know you are totally a super mom. You're doing an awesome job and you have a mess up to share with us this week. I do. Like way back, I shared a time where I locked myself out of the house and I had to go to Pete's work with just in my basically like workout pajama clothes. And so I haven't locked myself out of the house since then, but I did misplace my keys. So Saturday morning, I got up early. I had the house to myself. I did a little workout. Pete and Stuart were still sleeping. And then I went into the backyard. So I needed my keys to unlock the shed to get the cushions for our patio furniture. Um, and then I sat out there and had a bit of my tea and started to read the paper. Stuart woke up soon after, but that's okay. So we went inside and then for the rest of the day, I was like, where did I put my keys? I could not find them for the life of me. And normally I'm really good about putting them in the same spot. So I'm like, this is really weird. Maybe I just threw them on the floor and they got kicked under something. So I was searching a little bit, but I was like, I bet you it's going to come to me at some point. And I was going to be with Pete anyway, so I didn't really need them. But then in the middle of the night, it came to me. I was cold. So I put my K-Way jacket on and I put the keys in the pocket. So you'd think <laughs> that would have been the first place I checked. Uh, but I was really out of it. So maybe it was a perimenopausal brain going on. I just couldn't even like, that wasn't even on my radar to check a jacket pocket. So I got up in the middle of the night, checked the pocket. Lo and behold, they were there. So I was so glad that I found them because I was worried that they would be gone forever and I threw them in the garbage by accident or something silly like that but that was my my mess up so perimenopause brain is real I'm gonna blame it on that <laughs> there you go <laughs> I'm glad that you got your brain got online even if it was in the middle of the it night totally did I guess it needed a rest until like so it could think clearly but anyway it worked out in the end um, oh, and then Tony what's your mama must have what are you loving right now well, I think especially since the weather is, uh, we're, we're getting some heat, uh, we're getting a, a real preview of summer that I'm really focusing on hydration. So I love my soda stream. We got a soda stream last year. So it, it just takes, you know, regular water, um, I filtered water from the tap, where I you can make it carbonized so um, so that we can really have bubbly water without having to buy specific bubbly water. It's cheaper. And then I get to choose any flavor that I want, whether it's fruit or often I'll do um, a drop of essential oil, lemon or, or even lemon and fennel together, some other citrus. So uh, it's a, a, just a nice uh, way of getting some fancy water in a bit of a more more economic way long term. 
How about you, Lisa? Yeah, we don't have one of those. That's something to think about. Mm -hmm. And you're being environmentally friendly. That sounds delicious. I want to try that lemon and uh, fennel combination. Mm -hmm. It's yummy. Mm -hmm. Mine's similar. So um, with the warmer weather too, I'm really loving the BioSteel electrolyte powder. So again, it's just you buy the powder in a big container. You're not buying single serving drinks. Um, And the BioSteel, I believe it's sweetened with stevia, but it has some good electrolytes in there. They have a whole host of different flavors. So I'll mix a bit in a glass. I find I don't even need the full scoop. I'll put some ice cubes, a few drops of a great do like the doTERRA grapefruit seed oil is my favorite right now and that gives me a good energy pickup and if I'm you know exercising or I've been out for a walk or it's the afternoon I'll just drink one of those and I'll feel more alert and awake the grapefruit seed is great for that too so that's what I'm loving right now that's awesome and again that kind of the citrus um, smells can help to stimulate your dopamine so you don't need to get a dopamine hit from your phone you can just use some of those citrus (laughs) (laughs) awesome and so I'll just share what else is happening um, with us Uh, again Dr. Lisa has her Facebook group Wild Woman Adventures Toronto if you want to get out in nature and connect with other women push yourself out of your comfort zone. You can check that out. I will have my next hypnobirthing session in the fall. So again, you can check that out if you are uh, or know of any expecting parents looking to decrease fear and anxiety to support their natural instincts around labor and birth. Um, You can join me at hypnobirthingcalgary.com slash register. So thanks so much for joining us today, everyone. Again, our show notes are at our website, perimenopausalmamas.com. You can email us, connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. We'd love for you to subscribe and leave us a review and a five-star rating if you enjoyed this episode. And you can support us by visiting our Patreon page and also by telling your perimenopausal mama friends about us too. Stay safe and healthy, everyone. Bye.